0: And welcome to the Sport of Pro Wrestling podcast. I am Chris Samsa, and this is your New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Climax 30 Night 15 preview. The A Block of G1 Climax 30 will meet for their second-to-last card of the tournament on October 11th from Hamamatsu. Four wrestlers enter the night at the top of the block with 10 points. Will Ospreay, Kazuchika Okada, Kota Ibushi, and Jay White are all jockeying for position as the puzzle pieces atop of the standings begin to shift into place. The key seems simple enough for the top four. Win and they're still alive going into the final night. If one of them are to lose, they'll need some help to stay in contention headed into their last night of block matches. No single match from Hamamatsu will determine any wrestler's fate, but there are many combinations of events that can send at least one wrestler into elimination. Only one of the top four wrestlers is guaranteed to be in contention entering the final night, and that is Will Ospreay. There isn't a single combination of wins and losses that can happen in Hamamatsu that will eliminate the assassin. His path is likely to get significantly clearer if he is victorious over Jeff Cobb in the night's opener. The second block match on the card will feature Kota Ibushi squaring off against a winless Yujiro Takahashi. An Ibushi loss combined with an Osprey victory and either a Jay White or Kazuchika Okada winning later in the evening would eliminate Ibushi. The middle block match on the card has nothing at stake in regards to the tournament, aside from keeping both wrestlers in the hunt to improve upon 8-point performances in last year's tournament, as Shingo Takagi meets Taichi in a battle for pride and momentum. Second from the top of the card, Jay White will meet Minoru Suzuki. A White loss combined with an Okada win and an Osprey win would eliminate Jay White. The main event from Hamamatsu will feature Chaos Stablemates Kazuchika Okada and Tomohiro Ishii in their fifth ever singles match. Okada may enter his match with Ishii in a must-win scenario. If Jay White or Kota Ibushi win their matches earlier in the night, Okada will need to win to stay alive. Of course, if you're playing catch-up on the G1 Climax, you can find my complete statistical breakdown for every competitor in this year's G1 Climax at VoicesOfWrestling.com. I have interactive sortable tables for New Japan's 2020 detailed results and statistics of all 1500 plus G1 Climax matches to date, as well as a full box score for this year's tournament at sportofprowrestling.com. You can also find every single preview that I've done for these G1 cards all the way up to number 15 in both audio and written form at either sportofprowrestling.com or voicesofwrestling.com. And you can certainly let me know what you find when you drill down some of that data on sportofprowrestling.com by dropping me a line on Twitter at TheChrisSamsa. Now, let's talk a little bit about the logistics before we dive into everything that's happening on this card and what it all means. The date will be October 11th, 2020, the venue Hamamatsu Arena, the time 6.30 p.m. Japan Standard Time. That is one of our, our usual times, so that is 4.30 a.m. in Chicago. 3.30 a.m. Denver, 2.30 San Francisco, 10.30 a.m. in London, and uh, 10.30 p.m. in Auckland, New Zealand. You can obviously watch live or on demand on NJPW World, and if you're using NJPW World, you should really be checking out the NJPW EXT extension. NJPWEXT is the only browser extension for NJPWWorld.com with features like synchronized viewing parties, dark mode, improved translations and layouts, custom and shared playlists, and much, much more. It takes NJPW World to the next level. Visit NJPWEXT.us today for details. So. Another A-block show, another show with a lot to dig into. So let's take a peek at results to date. We've already alluded to um, the top of the block being um, being a little top-heavy. So we've got four guys tied for the lead with 10 points. Those four, Kota Ibushi, Jay White, Will Ospreay, and Kazuchika Okada. Below them, we've got five wrestlers with six points. They're all eliminated. We've run a lot of different... Um, scenarios through the the scenario builder um with some of my pals at voices of wrestling and we can't find a way for any of these guys to win the the block without some sort of no contest and it would be um i mean it's almost impossible to account for that so we don't do that I don't do that um, either. So, it's not a fight I'm going to fight. So, we're we're not looking at anything that would involve a no contest. So, none of these guys at six could even tie for the top of the lead or put them into a tiebreaker. So, um, But at six, uh, all having pretty good tournaments when it really comes down to it, Shingo Takagi, Tomohiro Ishii, Taichi, Minoru Suzuki, and Jeff Cobb. And then at the bottom of the A block, um, the flirting with history, Yujiro Takahashi with zero points, no wins, seven losses. Um, He could max out at four, but even that feels unlikely. In the match time, uh, you know, total match length, the leader in the block is actually Shingo Takagi. He is at two hours, 22 minutes, and 35 seconds, an average over 20 minutes. So that's at 20 minutes and 22 seconds. And then below him, the next highest is actually Kota Ibushi at 17 minutes and 37 seconds for his average, two hours and three minutes and 17 seconds. That's a pretty reasonable tournament so far. Um, nothing's gone super long for him. His longest match actually is 21:56, And then, you know, even within that top four, the longest match that's happened is um, Will Ospreay's 22-minute and three-second loss to Shingo Takagi. So, not a lot of um, exhaustion here. Uh, with these guys you got to figure they're coming into these last two block matches with all the energy that they they're going to need to um to put themselves in position to to take on this this tournament right so take on the rest of the the rest of their competitors so they're in good shape um I think we may see some stuff get a little bit stretched out. You're going to see a little bit more effort because these guys know what's at stake. But right now, you could say that they're all coming in pretty fresh. The block has been um, littered with parity, really. I mean, there's no there's no huge disparity here. is at the bottom in regards to, to ring time at 1 hour, 11 minutes, and 14 seconds. But even that is significantly higher than the lowest in the B block, which would be Toriano. So, let's look at our key tiebreakers. So, we're going to look at um, just those top four that are on the, on the top of the block. So, the guys with 10 points, Kota Bushi, Kazuchika Okada, Will Ospreay, and Jay White. And then, they're the only ones that are included in our key tiebreakers, too. So, if these guys have defeated anybody else, which they clearly have, it doesn't really come into play here. So, um, at the top of the list with the key tiebreakers, Kota Ibushi with two he's got okada and osprey and then um also jay white jay white also has two with ibushi and okada now ibushi and white are done with this group so we'll call this kind of a mini block right so this is like a little mini block of four and ibushi and white have both faced all three of the other guys okada and osprey still need to face each other they have each other on the last block night so okada actually has zero key tiebreakers which is kind of surprising and it does create um, a really challenging path forward for him in regards to how he finishes he needs to defeat them with points will osprey only has a tiebreaker over jay white but again he could establish a tiebreaker over kazuchika okada in the last block match so my way of simplifying all this because it it's complex. There's a lot going on here. There's a lot of details to pay attention to. But but my way of simplifying it into one key metric is weighted block win probability. Now, weighted block win probability is a weighted combination of points, maximum points, tiebreaker values, efficiency metrics, remaining opponents, elimination number, and, and a winning or losing streak. So, um, right now, in weighted block win probability, Kota Ibushi is actually the leader of the block so he's at uh 29.23 percent now most of that is a benefit of the weakest strength of schedule going forward kind of the ugero factor because he does have ugero on this night here um he's got Chi remaining on the docket as well taichi's just kind of a middle of the block guy but he also has uh tiebreakers over two-thirds of his uh tied league opponents so kazuchiko okada and will osprey as i just mentioned so that sets him up in a pretty good spot if Ibushi wins out uh and he ends up tied with anyone but uh jay white he would end up winning the block on the on the virtue of tiebreakers so he's in a, he's in a good spot that's why his um probability is the highest second highest actually i mean i think we can just talk about the second two at the same time will osprey and jay white will osprey at 25.64 and jay white at 25.13 um, within fractions of a point of the second and third positions in the weighted block win probability list, um, with Osprey taking the edge ever so slightly, Osprey benefits from the remaining opportunity to establish a tiebreaker over Kazuchika Okada, while two of the four competitors still in contention have completed their mini blocks against this 10-point group. Osprey also has momentum on his side as he enters his match with Jeff Cobb on a four-match winning streak. White benefits from a statistically easier strength of schedule going forward, though facing Minoru Suzuki and Tomohiro Ishii in consecutive singles matches will be no easy feat. White also holds tiebreakers over Kazuchika Okada and Kota Ibushi, and he should enter his last two matches the freshest. He has the lowest total match length in the leading group, saving over two minutes per match over Kota Ibushi, who has the highest. Kazuchika Okada has been fighting from behind throughout most of the G1 Climax, and that is no different heading into the last two nights. Okada sits more than 5% behind Osprey and White, more than 9% behind the leading Ibushi at a flat 20%. Okada has uh, the hardest strength of schedule going forward among the 10-point group, and he is yet to score a victory over anyone in this 10-point mini block. So he's looking to establish the only tiebreaker he would have at his disposal with a victory in the last block night against Will Osprey. So those are all of the kind of macro visions of where we're at with the A block. Let's take a look at the, um, well, the card, the card that's coming up here, the card that we're here to preview specifically, Knight 15 from Hamamatsu, night 8 for the A block. We're coming down to the wire and we've got a bunch of, I mean, these matches are still interesting, even though they don't directly, um, we don't have any 10 versus 10. We don't have any top of the block versus top of the block just yet. The main event will be Kazuchika Okada versus Tomohiro Ishii in a Battle of Chaos G1 Climax stalwarts. These guys have uh, both been in the G1 together since 2013. Um, Obviously, we've got Okada entering in as part of that 10-point group, Ishii entering as part of the 6-point group with a little bit less to fight for, but um, that's never stopped him before. So, Okada and Ishii, they've fought four different times in the past, between 2013 and 2019. And uh, Ishii has defeated Okada just once in his career, but it was a crucial loss near the same juncture of G1 Climax 26 as we're in right now. And it ended up really being a, a pivotal moment in Okada's tournament in hindsight. Okada's time limit draw against Hiroshi Tanahashi to end that tournament um, passed Hiroki Goto onto the tournament finals instead of himself. And if you look back at his match with Ishii, had he had he been able to defeat Ishii or make a deal with Ishii the way that maybe White did recently with Yujiro Takahashi, um, you could have seen Kazuchika Okada going on to the finals that year. So, Ishii's not one to lay down. That's ter- certainly not Chaos's, um MO anyway, so I, I wouldn't typically be worried about that. But this should be a match that Okada um, comes out, and, and we see the same Okada that we saw against Shingo Takagi. We need, you know, Okada knows he needs to win. If Okada loses, there's there's many ways that Okada gets eliminated here. As a reminder, if either Jay White or Kota Ibushi win their matches earlier in the night, Okada needs a win to stay alive. Now, Okada's starting to look like his old self. Ishii has looked like Ishii for this entire tournament, but Tomohiro Ishii and Kazuchika Okada have won the two longest matches in the A Block this year, both with victories over Shingo Takagi. Okada's 27 minute and 45 second win in Osaka, and Ishii's 26 minute and 1 second win in and Hall. Kazuchika Okada's four-match winning streak is the longest in this year's tournament, tied with Will Ospreay in the A block and then Evil and Sonata in the B block. Ishii hasn't ended a G1 Climax tournament with less than eight points since his four-point finish in his first G1 in 2013. He'll need to win one of his last two matches to to tie that or to, to land at that kind of floor of eight points. Kind of interesting, Okada's strategy seems to have been a little bit different, both in uh, going after those submissions or referee decisions. And also in in kind of the Abruptness of the way that Okada Has been able to end some of his matches So Okada set the record for the Longest G1 block uh, Last year with 3 hours, 9 minutes And 18 seconds of total Match length just in his block matches And even if both of his remaining Matches end in 30 minute time Limit draws, he won't match that Output this year, so he's been more Efficient and he's still in the Hunt, so maybe this is a long term Strategy that could work for Kizuchiko Okada. Okada, like I said, he hasn't necessarily looked like himself this year, but his 13 wins in 2020 are the most in New Japan. His 18 total matches uh singles matches are also most in New Japan, and his 6 hours 15 minutes and 47 seconds of total match length is also the longest in 2020, just over 27 minutes longer than Tetsuya Naito's total match length. So this should be a match that's pretty telling where we're headed. Okada will stay alive with a victory essentially, and there's a lot of opportunities for him to um, be eliminated if he is unsuccessful against Tomohiro Ishii. The semi main event will feature Minoru Suzuki and Jay White. Suzuki part of the six point group, and Jay White part of the ten. Jay White is having a significantly more efficient tournament this year than he did last year. Uh, He's finishing his winning matches in over two minutes shorter than his G1 Climax 29 performance. So that uh, represents some growth for Jay White, keeping himself fresh as we go into the tail end of the tournament here. Potentially, that's what uh, wore him down last year in the the G1 Climax Finals when he lost to Kota Ibushi in well over 30 minutes. So, um, barring his win over Yujiro Takahashi just the other night, um, that was 3 minutes and 40 seconds, uh, Jay White's shortest G1 win over the course of this year and last year's tournament took him 15 minutes and 7 seconds, by far the highest floor to anyone's winning match lengths in the last two tournaments. So, he's consistent he wears down your his opponents but he's also efficient at the same time it's kind of a it's a it's a weird odd blend of going just long enough but also knowing where when you can turn it on hit the blade runner and end the match so um you got to imagine that's going to be the strategy as he fights suzuki here and um you know Suzuki's strategy obviously to stay away from that blade runner Jay White and Minoru Suzuki, they each have two full tournaments plus seven matches in this year's G1 over the course of the last five years. Now, for Suzuki, those are broken up a little bit differently, and White, it's consecutive. But White is 17-9 in that time frame, Suzuki is 12-12-1. and So, the edge in G1 Climax performance certainly goes to Jay White. Uh, Minoru Suzuki, though, in 2018 did hand Jay White his first ever G1 Climax loss. After three straight victories to start his G1 career, Minoru Suzuki stopped Jay White in his tracks and handed him that first ever loss in just 10 minutes and 35 seconds during the 2018 tournament. So this again, another, uh, it's going to be a match where these guys are have different strategies going in. You never think Minoru Suzuki's going to lay down, even though he's eliminated, he's going to battle, and you got to figure he wants to play spoiler over a guy like Jay White, who kind of occupies the same lane as him sometimes in the, in the way of how they compete. So I'm excited to see this one. I'm excited to see whose strategy wins out. The third block match down the card, Shingo Takagi versus Taichi, both a part of the six point group. Um, not a ton to fight for here besides Pride, but Pride is enough for Shingo Takagi and probably enough for Taichi. Uh, Shingo Takagi's 2 hours, 22 minutes, and 35 seconds of total match length are the highest in the A block by more than 19 minutes over Kota Ibushi. He has amassed more ring time than anyone in the tournament aside from Tetsuya Naito's outrageous 2 hours, 58 minutes, and 31 seconds. Tai Chi is entering here on a three-match losing streak. Shingo just the one-match losing streak just just the other day. Um, tai Chi obviously started off pretty hot and looked like he was going to be a player towards the tail end of the tournament, but that has cooled off significantly, and now he comes in just trying to course correct. In G One Climax history, Tai Chi and Shingo are both in the midst of their second G One Climax tournaments, and both looking to match the eight points they earned in last year's tournament. Uh, In the same amount of G1 matches against the same opponents, Shingo has drawn significantly higher energy from each opponent, uh, more than six and a half minutes per match longer than Tai Chi on average. Shingo has uh, now surpassed Kenny Omega's 17 minute and 41 second average match length, and he currently holds the record for the longest all-time G1 Climax average match length at 18 minutes and 58 seconds. Uh, Shingo and Chi have only wrestled once. That was during the G1 Climax last year at Korakuen Hall when Shingo defeated Taichi in just 14 minutes and 40 seconds. The second G1 Climax match on the card will be Kota Ibushi coming in at 10 points with against Yujiro Takahashi coming in with 0. Kota Ibushi's Five minute and one second win loss differential so that's average losing match length minus average winning match length is the best in the a block a good win loss differential shows that a wrestler is dominant in their wins winning shorter than their average and that they are challenging to put away so they're lasting longer than their average in their losses so they're losing long they're winning short that's a good sign for um, a yeah, highly competitive wrestler in 2020, barring Young Lions, Yujiro Takahashi has the most singles losses in New Japan uh, with 10. If Yujiro Takahashi loses his last two matches in this year's G1 and Suji wins just one of his last two matches on this tour, Yujiro will actually be tied with the high volume Young Lion with 12 losses on the year. Uh, the last time a wrestler finished with zero points in, this tur- in the G1 Climax tournament was Tomoaki Homa. He was 0-10 in the G1 in 2014. The last wrestler to end a tournament with zero points before that was Togi Makabe in 2005. Makabe was injured over the course of the tournament, and he was forced to forfeit his final five matches that year. So that is uh, an asterisk on that one. Yujiro Takahashi and Minoru Suzuki are the only wrestlers that Kota Ibushi will face this year that he has only faced one historically. He will face them back-to-back in this year's tournament the same way he did in the 2013 G1 Climax when he lost to both of them to complete a five-match losing streak that ended his tournament. Uh, Ibushi lost to Yujiro Takahashi in just 8 minutes and 45 seconds to end his G1 Climax 2013. Again, when it comes to Kota Ibushi, an Ibushi loss combined with an Osprey victory and either a Jay White or Okada win would eliminate Ibushi. So that is a lot of pieces needed to eliminate Ibushi, but those are not un—they're um, not unrealistic. It could certainly happen. And the first block match of the night will feature Will Osprey versus Jeff Cobb. Osprey entering with 10 points, Jeff Cobb entering with 6. Osprey's four-match winning streak is the longest in the tournament, tied with his final block match opponent, Kazuchika Okada, for that honor. A hot end to a G1 tournament is an important indicator of who will still be in the hunt on the final night. Evil and Sonata are final block match opponents in the B block, and they are each in the midst of four-match winning streaks as well. Jeff Cobb's 1 hour, 22 minutes, and 52 seconds of total match length is 2nd shortest in the A block and 3rd shortest in the tournament, only longer than Yujiro Takahashi and Toriyano. It's pretty likely that Will Ospreay will be able to outlast Jeff Cobb here. Will Osprey's 20-minute, 20 22-second average match length is the highest in G1 Climax history, almost nine minutes longer than Jeff Cobb's average winning match length. So that accounts for Ospreay's uh, tournament last year as well when he was going with really high Uh, average losses Uh, he was really putting that effort in and being sure to not be finished quickly his average losing match length this year is 19 minutes which is only good for fourth highest in the block behind Shingo Takagi um, Kazuchika Okada and Kota Ibushi so when he is put away here um, Osprey's been a little bit easier to put away than he was last year but he does have Um, Well, one really big match coming up against Kazuchika Okada that you have to imagine he's going to put in every ounce of effort that he possibly can. Jeff Cobb does have the uh, third most singles victories in New Japan in 2020 with 10. Many of those happened on American soil on both the New Beginning in USA tour as well as um, on NJPW Strong. So, but he's had he's conditioned right. He's got a lot of time. He's had a lot of matches. 16 matches is the I believe the second most in New Japan behind only Kazuchika Okada. So he's been busy. He stayed busy through the pandemic. And hiatus and it's likely that that has kept him pretty fresh. Uh, Cobb and osprey they've wrestled once um, but it was on the, one of the grandest stages they can wrestle um, with some of the highest stakes either of them have ever wrestled for and that was um, at the G1 Supercard at Madison Square Garden in April of 2019. Cobb's Ring of Honor World TV title and Osprey's never open weight title were both on the line when the two met, and uh, Jeff Cobb came out of that hard hitting affair victorious and a cross promotion double champion. That match took just 12 minutes and 52 seconds, so um, there is a precedent set for these guys to um, knock each other out pretty quickly. I'll be curious to see how that how that lands and how they um, how they know each other. How will they know each other? Wrestling only once is is not a ton, but you got to imagine they both did some pretty heavy preparation for that match given the stage it was on. Again, Will Ospreay there's there's no scenario that'll eliminate Will Ospreay. So he's going to go into that last match with Kazuchika Okada still alive in this G1 Climax tournament. So no matter what happens between him and Cobb, um, he's still going to be alive his path may be much much clearer if he has a victory he may just be able to win directly on points without having to worry about a a bunch of tiebreakers or a multi-person tiebreaker when then it's um it's head-to-head record against the whole group um so osprey you gotta imagine he's he's still super motivated to win this match and make it just a clean exit towards the tail end of the block and hopefully for him he's able to win out Whew, okay we've got some bonus time because we made it all the way through the block matches in less than 27 minutes so we can do a quick look at the official, unofficial C-Block. The C-Block is the Young Lions that are uh, wrestling on all of the shows. There's three of them, and they're, they're rotating in and out of their matches. By the end of the tournament, they will each have wrestled 12 times. Uh, Yota Tsuji, Yuyu Uemura, and Gabriel Kidd. And we're tracking the C-Block the same way we would track the A or B-Block. Two points for a victory, one point for a time limit draw, and nothing for a loss suji right now sits with 10 points he um is four four and two Yui Yuamura is at nine points he's at four four and one and gabriel kidd is at nine points at four four and one the interesting piece here though is that Yuamura and gabriel kidd can max out their points at 15, where Suji can only max out his points at 14. He's got one more match under his belt than the rest of the other two young Lions. So that may play an important factor going forward. Now that one match that he's got under his belt, the only difference is that he's got an extra draw, but that's one point that could be really important going forward the young lion match on this card will be yu versus gabriel kid uh, the winner of yuomura and kid could very well be the front runner to win this unofficial block of the tournament a draw would deadlock the tournament with one cycle of matches left also yuomura and kid they are scheduled to wrestle on the final block match night so you have to imagine they know exactly where they stand coming into that match. I know for a fact that there's a certain young lion who speaks pretty good English, who's paying very close attention to these statistics and their win-loss record on this tour. All right, we did it. Uh, another great A block uh, card ahead of us, I'm sure. And that's all I've got for you today. We've previewed all five of the G1 Climax block matches on this card, and we took a look at a ton of tiebreaker scenarios. Hopefully, things are a little clearer for you going forward, and you know what to keep an eye out for. Of course, you can find this preview in written form at Sport of pro Wrestling.com or Voices of Wrestling.com if you need a written reference as we're going through this card on Tuesday. Um, give me a follow. Follow on Twitter at TheChrisSamsa to interact with me during the G1. I will be up during this card keeping everyone up to date on what's going on and who could very well be eliminated later in the card based on the results that have already happened. I appreciate you giving me a listen and letting me be the one that catches you up on the G1 Climax this year. I'm really looking forward to the last five cards of this year's tournament. I think there's a lot at stake. I think it's going to be a fun ride, and I'm going to be here for you to walk you through all the scenarios as we go forward and keep you up to date on where people are landing in the sense of history and statistics and one-on-one matchups. So I really appreciate you guys uh, checking me out. I will see you next time on the Sport of Pro Wrestling podcast.